you're a police officer or currently working in law enforcement and you're considering your career, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Andy Labrum. Welcome to the Blue Light Leavers podcast. Hello and welcome to this special bonus episode of the Blue Light Leavers podcast. Um, now, some of you who are a bit more eagle-eyed will have seen that uh, Western Australia put an advert out advertising for uh, international recruits so um, and international transferees. So I thought, let's try and get hold of someone who's over there. So um, I was really fortunate I got contacted by someone who knew someone else. And uh, so today's episode is with Hayden Farrow. Now, Hayden is a former UK police officer, and he is a senior sergeant now with Western Australia Police. Uh, in this episode, we talk about his uh, role that he was doing in the UK and uh, the process that he went through with regards to that um, uh, that transition, that transfer across to Western Australia uh, nine or so years ago. He talks about the conversations that they had with the family, and uh, we also talk about things like the salary and how it compares to UK salary and the quality of life and lifestyle. We also talk about pension and the move itself and the logistics of the move as well, and uh, finding that accommodation and where to live and uh, you know how to do that research. We talk about culture and the culture fit and that first few months of being in the new role. And obviously, we talk about some of the benefits of being an officer in Western Australia. And I've got to be honest, I was um, I was incredibly jealous, and that comes over quite a bit within the interview. Now, if uh, they are still recruiting, so if you want to. Uh, check it out. You can go to letsjoinforces.wa.gov.au. And at the top, you've got a tab uh, that says join the team. And then uh, you click on through and there is um, international transition, transition officer international. And there's a whole section there that tells you how you can go about applying. You can check if you're eligible, talks you through the recruitment process as well, training at the academy and the job itself. This is an amazing interview, and uh, if you are interested in finding out a little bit more, you can also email the recruitment team on international.recruiting at police.wa.gov.au. That's international.recruiting at uh, police.wa.gov.au. You're going to love this interview. It's a bit sickening, but what an amazing lifestyle. What a great story as well. So let's go over to Hayden now. Just before we head over to the interview, I just want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by the brilliant Motorsource Group, who, like Blue Light Leavers, are very proud sponsors of the Emergency Services Football League. Now, I've met CEO Steve Thornton a number of times now, and I've also interviewed him for the podcast. And I've also met the team, and I've been up to their head office. And they're just a really lovely bunch of people who are genuinely doing the right thing and doing their bit to say thanks. Now, Motorsource Group offer genuine new car discounts to serving and retired emergency services personnel including police, NHS, fire and rescue, and prison service. They're completely independent, offering a full range of makes and models, and are rated excellent by their customers on Trustpilot. They also work closely with the Police Federation and with NARPO, and they deliver direct to your door. I promise you, you will make savings. Now, to find out more, go to bluelightleavers.com forward slash partners. That's bluelightleavers.com forward slash partners. Aidan, thanks so much for uh, for agreeing to be interviewed on the Blue Lot Leavers podcast, mate. I really, really appreciate it. It's um, and it's going to be so. It's going to be so much interest to so many people because obviously, yeah, there was recently an advert out for West Australia, and uh, and I think they've been slightly inundated from from what I understand. I understand. I spoke to uh, the recruitment team uh, last week, and um, yeah, they've had uh, hundreds of applications and expressions of interest into the recruitment process over to WA Police. So uh, it's interesting times ahead. 
Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's brilliant, mate. And thanks ever so much. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm really, it was great that, uh, that obviously a friend of yours was able to put us into contact and, um, and, and get this recorded. So thank you, mate. I do appreciate it. You're um, it'd be great to know a little bit more about you and about your current role, if you could. So just let us, um, and, and then we'll move on to what you were doing in the UK police and, and how you came about to be in uh, Western Australia. Yeah, so my current role is, uh, my rank is a senior sergeant, which is equivalent to UK inspector. Uh, I'm a senior operations officer in our state operations command centre, which basically is a role that gives me oversight to all the operational activities, incidents within Western Australia, both in Metro uh, and in regional WA. So my responsibility is to run a team uh, of detectives, of tactical investigation officers, uh, and we just generally have oversight and provide capabilities and technologies to ensure we uh, locate victims uh, in distress, uh, we apprehend high harm offenders, uh, and we just assist uh, all the frontline troops the best we can with the technologies and capabilities we do have. How long have you been over there, mate? So um, transitioned over here in 2009. Uh, came with my wife and two small boys aged uh, 18 months and four. Uh, so, yeah, been 13 years now, and obviously time goes wow. really quickly, you know, when you're living the life uh, in the sunshine and, uh, and living that dream, as they say. Yeah, not jealous at all. <laughs> my, I think I said to you before we were first chatting, my uncle's over in Perth, and uh, and I'm hoping to, to see him later on, uh, either later this year or early next year. So it's, it's just an amazing part of the world. So we'll get into that shortly, the benefits and disbenefits. We'll talk about that shortly. But uh, um, can we talk about what you were doing in the police in the UK? And uh, then talk through the process and, and um, you know, we'll sort of follow it chronologically to some extent. But what was it yeah. you were doing in the UK? Yeah, well, I joined the police in early 94. Um, again, mainly I've done frontline duties. Um, uh, general policing, I did public order, I did a little bit of corporate training, uh, and then I got promoted to sergeant. Um, and did many of the roles that a sergeant undertakes in the UK, um, you know, public order, uh, local policing sergeant, licensing, um, you know, th th those kind of frontline roles. And um, 2000 and, uh, 2007, I, I, I got wind of this recruitment drive by WA Police that they were um, taking over UK uh, officers. Uh, and of course, you know, my, my ears, my ears pricked up and I started to dig a little bit further into the, to the recruitment process and uh, I thought I'd give it a try. Um, I was a little bit, uh, long, long in length in service, I suppose. They were looking for younger officers, uh, with I think three to seven years. Of course, I had maybe 15 at the time, but I pursued the, the application process, uh, and was uh, luckily enough to uh, get accepted and transitioned over here in February 09. Nice. Now, yeah, I had a little bit of previous experience with Australia. My wife's parents emigrated here in 1998. And we travelled and visited here on a number of occasions. So, uh, to my to my benefit, I did know what I was getting into in relation mm. to the country, the, the lifestyle, uh, which obviously helped in many ways. Uh, many officers don't know what they're getting into, uh, and they're really brave in coming forward. But mm. you know, I think those officers do start looking into the the, the transition process uh, of emigrating to uh, Australia. I think they're the officers that are really sort of ready to push themselves a bit further in life and uh, and mm. grasp every opportunity that comes. So, uh, either way, I think it's uh, whether you've got the experience of Australia or you haven't, it's a it's a great opportunity to take. Yeah, without a doubt. And um, 
that that conversation obviously you know with your other half as well and and um obviously you said you had a really young family as well and um um just about the i'm not talking about when you got the yes but more about shall we go for it um was that fairly clear cut and fairly fairly obvious i'd love to say it was that we had it all planned out but obviously there's a few bumps and hurdles along the way the process itself was uh you know, fairly straightforward. The recruitment team came over to the UK and, uh, and did assessments, et cetera, and interviews. Um, but once you made that decision to hand your resignation in and sell your house and uh, pack your bags and, you know, board the plane, it's, it's a big step. And, you know, there was a few tears with my wife, uh, even though her parents were over here, there was a few tears from my wife uh, as she boarded the plane, you know, wondering whether we'd made the right decision or not. But, um, you know, once we arrived and we settled in uh, within a few weeks and we saw how happy the boys were uh, living outside, uh, being able to go to the beach uh, after school, uh, having a pool in your back garden, those sort of things really, really made the transition a lot easier. (laughs) I can only imagine. The... um... If we, if we can just roll back a fraction as well, Hayden, just to talk about um, that selection process as well, and whether it's differed massively between what you did um, back in two thousand nine or whatever, and then and then sort of you know for uh, for what it is now. So, um, are you able to talk us through the selection process that you went through and how it differs, or you know what the process is now? Look, um, yeah, I can. The, the process for me back then was uh, a week. I attended London uh, and did uh, an assessment, uh, a psychological assessment. Um, And then there was a a fitness test and also uh, followed up with an interview once I completed all those. And then obviously got the background checks with their um, police checks, et cetera, et cetera. So there's, you know, there's a lot of uh, ticks and boxes that needed to be completed. Uh, And then obviously it was a waiting game to see when you're accepted and when there was a course available for you to slot into. Uh, I wasn't sure I'd make it, only due to the length of service that I had in the UK and whether they were really going to take officers that had those years in service. But, um, you know, I was fortunate enough to pass everything. Um, you know, I had a good interview and then they accepted me. And before I know it, I'd um, received an offer of a placement for, a, I think it was a March course in, in 2009. So the process took, you know, several months on, from memory, maybe between six and nine months um, back then. And then, of course, you've got your uh, issues of selling your house, um, you know, making all those arrangements, doing your research back in Australia of where you might live, um, how much things cost, where your children might want to go to school. So, um, you know, that maybe added a couple of months onto it. Um, and, um, yeah, and, and then literally it was boarding a plane, selling the house, packing a container, and off we went. Now, that's not been the same for every you know, officer that's transitioned over to Western Australia, Australia Police, you know, many have done things after they've been accepted differently. They've literally brought everything with them or they've sold everything in the UK and literally just arrived with suitcases. So, you know, each officer is different and each set of circumstances is going to be different for that particular officer and their family. You know, and the best advice I can give in relation to whether you think it's the right move or not is just do your research you know, really carry carry out your research thoroughly. You you, you know it's a, a quality of life that you you dream of. Uh, as mentioned earlier, you know location, the beaches, the uh, the ability to live a life live a life outside without having to plan like we do in the UK, relying so much reliant on the weather. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, 
you know, in relation to the to, to the transition, um, you know, my advice would be do as much research as possible. Do as much research back in the UK uh, online. Speak to officers that have made the transition already, uh, and then base base those decisions on on, on your research. Uh, and a big and a, a big one involved in that is your financial as well. So mm-hmm. um, make sure you do your research in relation to um, how much things cost, whether you can afford a house, what you've got to sell, how much money you'll be able to bring over. So there's some real critical issues there. Uh, but again, if people want to come, I've known officers that come with nothing, and I've come, uh, I've known officers that have, uh, have literally moved over uh, and, and just paid for paid for houses and and things outright with their savings or their, mm. their, uh, their house sale in the UK. The process over the process now for the recruitment process, I think it's slightly different. I think they're they're undertaking a lot of it online. Uh, but you know what I would say is, you know, for the process. Um, uh, the questions now is, is jump online, look at the, the website of uh, Let's Join Forces. Uh, and I think a lot of those questions are answered on the website in relation to who's eligible, the recruitment process, what training is required at the academy. Uh, I do know it's at um, a 13 weeks course when you, when you arrive, uh, and that's at full pay. Uh, I also know that the uh, you know the Australian citizenship that comes with the um, permanent visa, uh, you know, is part of the uh, the immigration um, um, arrangements. So, you know, these are sort of things that you you can find out online, and um, you know, you know the jobs the jobs obviously done this before, uh, so a lot yeah. of those questions have been answered and you know been catered for uh, on the website. That's really helpful, and I'll signpost that in the uh, in the show notes as well, Hayden, so that, that people can get it. So you just let's join forces. That conversation, obviously, you're, you say that your wife's parents, your in-laws, were already over in Australia, but the rest of the family and having that conversation to let people know that you you were moving, you'd accepted the role, and that you were moving. Um, how was that? How did you find that? And obviously, you talked about you know that that moment as you're sort of stepping on the plane as well, and. So I'd be really interested, I think, from from that emotional ties aspect, it just to be real about, you know, what is actually happening. Because it obviously at face value looks incredibly exciting. It's amazing, amazing lifestyle and everything that you've been talking about. Um, but it's also those conversations that you have to have with people as well, I guess. Yeah, it, you know, there's some tough conversations there to be had with your friends and your family. And, and generally what I found is uh, when you tell them uh, what the opportunities are, they're, they're generally really, really supportive. Obviously, I think there's a you know, sort of hidden um upset there as well but you know close family will want to see the best for their family members and i think you know when they hear about an opportunity of life uh, and a lifestyle uh, in australia that offers security uh, financial security uh, and to continue with their policing career then generally people were, were, were really really pleased mm. you know they're, they're upset that they're, that they're not going to see you as much you know uh, uh, and as time goes on that you know those so uh, those um, journeys to and from the UK become less and less because you become more established in in your life in Australia. Uh, and of course, there's other places to see when you live in Australia. You know, you can fly to Bali in three hours, and mm-hmm. you can go to New Zealand, and uh, you know all those closer places which you may not visited when you were living in the UK. Mm-hmm. So the, the the trips back to the UK are you know less and less. But you know, obviously, there's the opportunities for families to come and and, and spend time with you mm-hmm. and enjoy your lifestyle and see where you've come to for for you know uh, I would say a better quality of living, a better mm-hmm. lifestyle, a better lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Have you had much of a chance, just off a slight tangent, have you had much of a chance to travel as well? I think I said to you on the first call, you know, my daughter's over 
Australia as well. My, my eldest, she's um, north of Melbourne and, um, you know, we've, we've been able to travel all over Australia as a result of having family there, which has been incredible. So have you done the similar thing? Yeah, a lot we have. We've been lucky enough, both me and my wife work full time. You know, we've got two good incomes coming in. So it affords us the ability to travel uh, both uh, interstate, you know, Western Australia has uh, got some amazing um, coastal lines and some countryside, mm. you know, and camping's easy. You know, the weather's going to be good. It's enjoyable. It's not like those wet and muddy days in the UK when you've gone camping and, you know, everything just gets soaked wet through. Here you can guarantee the weather and, and really get into the outdoor life, the bush life, and, and enjoy the lifestyle mm. uh, and the weather that, that it offers. Uh, obviously, um, there's flying, um, you know, across state, you know, to New South Wales, Victoria, Queensland, uh, and visiting all those places that you might not have um, had the opportunity to do so before. Uh, you know, we've, we've embraced that. And we've, we've taken those opportunities and, uh, and visit regulate other, other states, you know, Sydney, um, Brisbane, the Gold Coast. Um, you know, you've got uh, big sporting complexes around Melbourne, uh, the MCG, Marvel Stadium, uh, the tennis arena. So there's, there's plenty going on, and you actually yeah. don't have to leave. The, you don't have to leave the country, you know. Yeah. So, uh, and of course, then you've got Bali on your doorstep, which is you know the equivalent to the UK, Spain. Uh, go over reasonably cheap flights, uh, reasonably cheap accommodation. Uh, and that that sort of um, you know that Asian lifestyle that's uh, you know really uh, really enjoyable and mm. relaxing. Uh, Thailand, then you've got obviously New Zealand, Tasmania. Uh, you know the list is endless. But you know from England, it just seems so far away. So mm. it, it's like you're making new destinations, new travel opportunities, and uh, you know uh, living living here in W enables you to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the. Um- and that move as well, the actual sort of settling down, settling in, not on a career perspective, but in terms of integrating with the community and, and moving into a new area, new estate and things like that. How did that go? Well, that was always a bit worrying from the start. But what I, during my research, I, I really sort of um, honed in on the fact that I wanted a, a family-friendly suburb. And, you know, I did my research and um, I found this, found a perfect suburb, which was leafy. It wasn't densely populated. It had a nice uh, feel for the school. Um, it was close to transport links. So as soon as we, we arrived here, we threw our kids into the local primary school and also uh, little sporting clubs that were um, on the, the local uh, oval. So we, you know, we threw the kids into local Oscar and footy sessions. And before you know it, you know, we've really immersed ourselves in that community life, including the sports. And there's so much sports to get your kids into. Uh, and again, it comes back to lifestyle and the weather. The, the weather just enables you to do those sports uh, week in, week out, outdoors, and, and really, uh, as parents, sit and enjoy and watch and, and participate in the sunshine. So we were lucky in a sense that, um, you know, by doing the research, we we really um, we really had the opportunity to um, get involved in the suburb, so much so that I ended up being a president of local Australian football club. You know, my wife ended up being... Um, an ambassador for women's football. Our children have excelled in Australian rules football to a, to a high level. And so we've made some really good, solid friendships through the, those community and sporting clubs, for sure. Yeah, lovely. I think the integration part is huge, isn't it? And um, just embracing it, like you've said, all the way through, I think it's just embracing it. It's a change, but it's hugely positive. And, um, and if you integrate and... Um, you know, you get involved and, and engage and, and speak to people, it's just going to be a much, a much easier move, I guess, isn't it? 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and this comes down to your research as well. So if, mm. you, if you're taking the step and you get get accepted and you, and you make the big, bold, brave moves to come over with your family, you, you're going to have moments where you think, have I done the right thing? Mm. But when you get here and, and realise what you're enabling your children and the community and the lifestyle and the weather, um, you, you know you've made the right choice for long term. Uh, uh, you know, coming from such a busy country as the UK, as much as I miss it, um, you know, the, the, the population is so much less. And those issues you face in the UK with travel, uh, you know, just getting into a doctor's I hear is really difficult, you know. So those sort of issues, they're not here because the population's not here uh, and the infrastructure just really lends itself to supporting the community. So um, I think immersing yourself in local community, um, getting involved with sports, getting involved with the local schools, it really helps you settle down, yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. No, that's brilliant. Thank you for that. The, um, I'll be really, if we can talk a bit more specifically around the job itself now and that transition as well, so sort of, you know, the training school experience. But I think one of the big things as well is that salary. And, you know, again, face value, it looks, um, you know, you think, oh, well, that's, a, that's an amazing salary, but obviously cost of living and all those sort of things. How does it relate and how do you, how do you compare it to, to the UK cost of living, if you like, and quality of life? All right, so I've got a bit of an example here, and I just did a quick exchange rate last week, so I'm sure it's not too too different. So fifth-year constable rate uh, is commencing on $84,000, and that works out to £47,000. Now, £47,000 in the UK is a pretty significant salary, and I think you probably have to be an inspector above to be on that sort of wage, I I think, roughly now. The cost of living, I would say, is probably a lot more in the UK now from what we're hearing. Uh, than um, than Australia, uh, you know, the cost of houses is still moderate over here, and there's obviously some government grants at times that help you get onto your build your first house or move into your first house. So it's always worth keeping an eye out for those. But if you're looking at forty seven thousand pounds for a fifth year constable, uh, and 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 the cost of living is less here uh, uh, and the lifestyle, then you know, to me, that's a bit of a no brainer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great. Thank you for that. It's crystal clear. And also, you know, on top of that, you know, when you're out on shifts, you, you're, you're entitled to shift penalties. So if you're a frontline officer, um, you're going to get night shift penalties. You're going to get evening penalties, afternoon shift penalties, weekend penalties. So the penalty rate when you're a frontline officer can also add up to several thousands of dollars uh, over the year, which really inflates your wage and really helps you with that, you know, the, the cost of living. So, uh, and I think if you're wise with your money, you know, you definitely can have a, a nice house. You can have that pool in your garden. You can really, you know, make that money go a long way over here. Mm-hmm. I think the UK, from what we're hearing, obviously the issues within Europe is having a, a big impact. I also understand in the UK there's there's some austerity measures that may be cutting in with public spending. So, you know, these are all the sort of considerations that if you're making that jump, you know, take this into account. Yeah, I absolutely completely agree. The um the if we can talk about um your period of training school and, and that transition period as well. And I take it obviously you're a you're a sergeant in um in the UK, but you went back to what level in Australia? Yeah. So when I came over, it was always crystal clear to me that when I came out of the training school, I would be regarded as a first class constable, which is recognised five years service. But back then, you could quickly do what we call as a senior constable, which is more seasoned constables exams into a senior constable. And once you've um, passed those exams, your wage went up. 
can't remember how how much, but it, it does go up considerably. Uh, and also, then you've got the opportunity to start going through for your promotion. So uh, there was actually a number of police inspectors from the UK back when I transitioned over that came over and came out of the academy the same as me. So they've mm-hmm. gone from police inspector in the UK to first class constable um, coming out of the academy in Western Australia. So to mm-hmm. me, that just shows you the level of commitment that some of the officers from the UK were prepared to to, to go through, mm. uh, take a real sort of um, adjustment in rank, but knowing that the, the move they've made, they can move move quickly forward, and uh, and if they were interested, gain that promotion again once they gathered some experience uh, mm. in Western Australia. Mm. So, um, you know, the options there for promotion. Yeah, I think I, I got promoted back to sergeant within three years, and then made senior sergeant after seven years which is your police inspector for UK. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's really important that if officers are considering or worrying about a, a career move and, and and losing rank that, you know, get settled in over here, go through your 13-week course, get a grip of uh, what they're teaching you. Obviously, certain things, the legislation is very similar, uh, but there are certain elements of the training that, you know, frontline officers in the UK uh, have not done before. Uh, and the main one um, that obviously is going to crop up is the firearms training yeah. uh, all, all officers in, in Western Australia uh, carry a firearm. Mm. So, you know, that's part of the, um, the training package. Uh, and also it was a little bit of concern for me, you know, I never worn a firearm before and it's a different um, ball game when you've got a firearm strapped to your leg um, when you're in um, situations, but you know, the trainings, the trainings, there, the instructions, the, in- the instructors know, um, you know what the concerns are. Uh, everything's standardised, so everybody knows what to do, when to do it, what the what the arrangements are for when we draw our firearm, uh, what procedures take place. So, um, you know, if you get over that hurdle, you know, it's quite interesting. And you know, I, I actually feel quite lost without wearing a firearm now. Um, it's funny, you know, it? yeah, it is. Yeah, because mm. I never thought I would. You know, ever wore a firearm in in the UK, and then mm. uh, now I feel quite naked um, without it. You know, mm-hmm. well, from a pensions perspective, hey, obviously you had quite mm. a significant. Uh, you had fourteen, fifteen years, you say, when you when you transferred. I think it was sixteen or seventeen years. Yeah. Yeah. So, how's it impacted things like pension and stuff like that? Look, I was lucky. Um, Back in 2009, uh, there was a facility with the government so you could transfer UK pensions over to Australia. And I, I, both me and my wife did transfer our pensions over. There was a, mm. a five-year period where we could do it. Anyway, so we transitioned our pensions over and we placed them into our superannuation. Uh, and, you know, with the, with, the, with the pension amount that we had in the UK, you know, we're in that stage where we, you know, we're financially secure for, you know, when we retire. I think things may have changed in relation to pensions and transferring to superannuation, and that's definitely something uh, for a checklist and, and what you want yeah. to do. Yeah. Um, I think maybe that if you do leave, then maybe your pension in the UK gets frozen, and then you start your fresh superannuation when you arrive in Western Australia. Okay. But again, if they're targeting officers with three minimum three years service, you know, there's probably yeah. it's not a great deal to just Absolutely. freeze that, freeze that yeah. money there and then start fresh here. Again, yeah. with officers, officers with more service, then they probably just need to be do their due diligence and um, and, and check with the financial advisor yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's great. No, that's great advice. Thanks for that, mate. That's really helpful. Um, the job itself and culture, and you know how it feels. It is different, clearly, 
So how did you find it and how, you know, with, with others maybe that, that, you know, how have they found that cultural change and, and, um, and how have they coped with that? It's an interesting question. I think when, um, when the first recruitment drive was on back in 2006, I think it started late 2005 to 2006, I think the Western Australia suffered significant uh, numbers leaving for jobs possibly in the mines mm-hmm. and they needed, you know, a number of officers to backfill like those experienced spaces. So I think um, back then what happened was there was a lot of officers suddenly arrived from the UK into Australia, into Western Australia, and it was a bit like the, lo- the local Australian police were like, crikey, maybe we've been, we've been taken over. <laughs> mm-hmm. However, you know, it's a bit difficult, and, and maybe there's a little bit of resentment uh, from certain officers, but again, many officers just embraced us. You know, it's nice to have experienced officers who were happy to go to work with them, sit in a car, sit in a van and do frontline duties. So we've moved on 13 years now, and, you know, there's many ex-British officers here that have embedded themselves into all aspects of um, Western Australian Police Force, you know, are, are in a number of ranks and a number of positions at the academy, uh, firearms training, driver training, at local police stations, detectives, uh, specialised squads. So, you know, that if a new officer's come out, coming over, we've, we've, we've broken that barrier and, you know, it, the, the, the Western Australian Police Force has really embraced experienced officers uh, uh, coming into the workplace mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, th- there's a real culture of, um, you know, keeping it together and working together. You know, teamwork's one of the, the, the big focuses for the agency, you know, work as a team and, and care for each other. So I think that culture of the little bit of resentment has gone. And, you know, now it's all about, you know, we want experienced officers to come and work with us, enjoy the lifestyle, work hard, and, um, you know, we'll look after you. Mm. Well, love that. Thanks. Fantastic. And the actual job itself, you know, a day in the life of, if you like, as a a frontline, you know, newbie. How did you find that, those first few months of of transitioning and the type of jobs that you got involved in? And um, was it like for like or was it massively different? Yeah, it was. Many many aspects were similar. Uh, obviously, slight different procedures and policy. Yeah. Uh, and I'm talking metro here. Regional WA is, uh, and I haven't been to a police regional WA just yet, but metro, uh, very similar. You know, you've got, you know, in Perth, you've got the nighttime economy, so it's pretty much like police in any town or city in, in the UK. Same sort of issues. Um, and then suburbs, you have the same issues with domestic violence, uh, stealing, steel motor vehicles, burglary. So those sort of, um, you know, uh, standard crimes that we, uh, you know, we, we're trying to focus on. Um, yeah, there, there were differences, you know, uh, but I think what we've done is we, we've shifted into a, a real more accountable police force now where, you know, officers have to take more uh, account for their actions and their decision making. But I think that's, you know, when you look at the UK, and when I speak to colleagues, you know, colleagues in the UK, you know, that's the same there as we progress in society. So, I think culturally, uh, there's a real um, focus on uh, getting the job done, locking up criminals, um, and the same pressures that you might face in the UK. But you know, it's in the sunshine, so uh, it does make it easier. <laughs> you know, I keep reverting back to the sunshine. So, when you've had a rubbish day, you know, you know, you know, hang up your body armor you know, put away your taser, you know, put away your firearm, get in the car, go home and, and, and crack a beer and jump into the pool. So it, it, it's that 
it's that slight different lifestyle that takes the edge off maybe a bad day uh, at the office. But, you know, policing is is not going to change. It's what we do. It's what we do yeah. in the UK. You'll find it if you're a good cop in the UK, you're going to be a good cop here and um, you're going to work well. You're going to get on well with other uh, with other officers. Um, I think what you'd find a big time is, is the support here is better in the sense of there's there always seems to be officers if you if you need of help there's always officers that are, are, are not too far away and another thing is officers are always double crewed so there's none of the single crew policy mm-hmm. uh, where you're on your own uh, and put in uh, high risk situations you know with literally a taser in the UK is your, is your, mm-hmm. is your best form of defence over mm-hmm. here double crewed both firearm both trained with taser. Mm. Um, you're both aware of all these tactical options. You know, the training is regular. Uh, we do training in uh, communication, you know, and, and what that means is, you know, you've, you've got uh, you've got your colleague with you, with you at all times. So you, you're never alone when you go to any incidents. And I remember in the UK being, you know, sent to some incidents thinking, you know, this is out of control. I'm not going to manage. Yeah. Yeah. I've not had that feeling over here because I know I've got a colleague and I've got, wow. I've got some real support around the corner. So wow. um, especially Metro. Now, regional policing is going to be different, but, you know, that's something that, um, you, you, you know, is an expectation that you do some regional police work. You know, I hope to get mine done um, in the next, you know, in the next two to three years. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, but, you know, when you speak to officers that have done regional policing, you know, all they can say is good things about regional work because you're really sort of um, embracing the community, getting involved with the community. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you, you become very, very self-sufficient um, with your colleagues in small police stations or small mm-hmm. community towns. So, uh, uh, you know, that's a different level of policing again. So um, overall, is it different? It is different in certain aspects, a little bit of policy, a little bit of procedure. But what I would say is, is policing is policing. We're here to, you know, to look after people, to to, to look after victims of crime uh, and to lock up the bad guys, you know. Mm. Yeah, and what about finding roles um, in terms of partners or, and obviously your wife, Aidan, um, and, and the availability of that? I'm, what I'm trying to do is is think about as many sort of questions and and make potential challenges for people as possible. And, um, you know, obviously you're working with, with, um, you know, with Australian cops, you're working with UK based mm. cops as well. And, and, mm. um, so, you know, the employment rate for, for, for maybe, uh, for partners and husbands and wives, boyfriends, girlfriends coming over, that sort of thing. But what I'd say is, um, we are screaming out for all aspects of work, uh, in Western Australia. There's so many jobs and recruitment, uh, opportunities going on at this moment in time. <coughs> now, if your partner has got a trade or a skill, I've got no doubt that they'll they will find a job um, once they start getting a feel for the you know how it works over here. You know, I was lucky. My wife was a, an ex uh, detective in the in the child abuse squad in the UK, and um, she transitioned over to the Department of Communities, working child protection, family services, and um, subsequently gone on to a successful career in, in another government body based on her English experience as being a detective mm. in, in the child abuse squad. So, you know, those skills are transferable. You might have to do some retraining. You might have to get, um, you know, some of those qualifications um, transferred over. You might have to top up your qualifications. But, you know, it depends what sort of level of work there is. But what I would say, you know, is speaking um, from from other people that have gone through this is, is that there is work over here Again, do your research. Uh, look what's on the skill list. 
uh, you'll you'll see what's also available and what we're screaming out for. So, um, you know, once you get that family visa, then you're entitled to work as, as far as I'm aware and, mm-hmm. uh, and gain gain employment in, in any field. So, again, it's how passionate you are at gaining work. There might be some hurdles, but, you know, you can get over those and there are some great opportunities over here. Yeah. I, uh, in my notes that I scribbled down, it was like benefits and any negatives. And... Uh, <laughs> I'm struggling here, really, because I can't actually think of of many things. Obviously, missing family and friends and stuff like that. And I, I guess occasionally when it's 40 plus degrees, you might be desperate for a rainy, cold day and a bit, a bit of cloud. But I can't see there's too many negatives. When you're talking about slight differences earlier, Hayden, I was thinking, oh, my, there's yeah. nothing slight about grabbing a beer and diving in the pool. You know what I mean? Well, listen, I'm sure that, listen, there, you know, there's, there's, like I said earlier, that sometimes a little bit of a bumpy ride and, yeah, um, yeah. you know, and, and that's normal, but that's normal in your normal life. So what I would say is this, if if you want to do it, um, you know, uh, and you've got, you know, the, the, the right amount of service in it, is take the opportunity while it's here. Um, you know, it's not every... Um, it's not every year that this recruitment drive happens. And I think it's a few years since we've done it. Um, but uh, obviously we, we want to bolster our numbers up with experienced police officers. Yeah. And um, it's one of those things where I've spoken to officers that nearly did it years ago, mm-hmm. never did it, and then regressed it ever since. Yeah. And, um, it, you know, majority of officers that have come over have settled really, really well. They've done their research. They've embraced the opportunity. They've been positive with the opportunity. I think if you come with a negative frame of mind, then nothing's going to work. But if Absolutely. you come with a positive, which generally people who emigrate are, are positive, uh, you come with that mindset, then um, what will happen is you, you will embrace the lifestyle. You'll embrace the the, the, the work, work-life work balance. You'll em- embrace the, the, the Western Australian police force and what it can offer you. Mm. Uh, and it can offer you lots of opportunities. Uh, and again, uh, for myself, you know, I've, you know, I've pushed myself academically and also yeah. professionally and, um, you know, and, and I've lived a great life uh, and the boys and my family have, have been lucky, uh, maybe with a lucky story, but, uh, you know, I work with and still am friends with a lot of uh, English officers over here, British officers, that have, 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 have the similar sort of stories to mine where they've enjoyed it, their partners have been happy, their children have uh, embraced the lifestyle and, um, you know, it's been a real success. Amazing. Well, look, mate, I'm, I'm so grateful to you. And I know you spoke to the um, the recruitment team as well, you? and, uh, you know, to make sure they're all happy and, um, and with us doing this podcast. So if you just pass on my thanks to them as well and, um, you know, really incredibly grateful to you. And I know it's going to be really insightful. And even for officers that aren't necessarily looking, it's just such a great story. It really is. It's just, I love the positivity around it. And uh, so, you know, it, it's amazing what you've done, mate. Yeah, listen, thanks, Andy, for giving me the opportunity to talk about my story and uh, and what potentially uh, could be other officers' stories. Yeah. Uh, and I hope that the you get a lot of interest in this and um, I know the recruitment department um, are, are looking forward to um, to many more applications and uh, good luck to all those that put in. Fantastic. Thank you. And um, can you just remind us where people need to go if they are interested and where to keep an eye out? It's, has the window closed now? I'm not sure if the window's actually closed yeah no i think the, the windows wasn't really open it's uh, go to the website let's join forces.wa.gov.au a lot of the questions that you want to ask are on there 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think if you look carefully on social media, there'll be some forums there that, you know, people have gone through this process before and many of the questions you want answering will be on there as well. So, uh, and again, you can always go through to the academy and if any of those real questions that are not answered on the website, they'll, they'll, they'll go back in touch with you. Great stuff. Let me know if they need any 30 plus year crusty old sergeants. <laughs> Might want to transfer any particular roles that might be suitable for thirty. Well, you should, well, when you come and visit, look me up, and then uh, I'll, I, you oh, know, mate. you can we'll absolutely. Share yeah, I'd love to do that. I, I really can't wait to do that. It'd be great to see, you. and uh, you can meet my uncle, who's a legend. So uh, great yeah, stuff, brilliant. Great stuff. Hayden, thanks so much for your time, mate. Really good to talk to you, and uh, incredibly helpful. So, uh, so thanks ever so much for your time. Very much appreciated. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks, Andy. Bye bye. Thanks, mate. Well, what an episode that was. I uh, really enjoyed talking to Hayden. It was lovely to uh, connect with him and uh, just live uh, for a few minutes in his world and uh, the type of lifestyle he's got as a, as a uh, senior sergeant over in Australia. And uh, yeah, just fantastic. Really grateful for his time. Um, don't forget, if you like what you've heard, you can uh, leave a review and that really helps to get the message out that this podcast exists. And uh, thanks as always for listening. It means a huge amount to me that uh, that you spend time listening to this and I really hope you find it helpful. And um, the doors to the Academy are open. So if you want to find out more about that, you can go to www.bluelotlevers.com forward slash Academy. And um, the, uh, we've also got the private Facebook group, which is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Blue Light Levers and loads of stuff in there, free information and uh, guidance, support, really unique roles as well. So loads of stuff that you find there. And we are getting more and more success stories through the Academy as well, which is just incredible. So, uh, um, so yeah, thanks as always for listening. And I really hope you enjoyed this bonus episode. And for those of you applying for Western Australia, the very best of luck. I really hope this helps and, uh, and things work out well for you. I'll speak to you again soon. Take care. Bye-bye for now.